Hi everybody, this is Matt Kirby and welcome to a brand new episode of Group in Harmony, a podcast all about music. Today, there's a couple things that I've been discussing that I know in particular, I've, one of them I've wanted to talk about for a really long time. So, uh, we're going to be discussing two lists that came out. I'm really excited to discuss both. Before we get into that, make sure you like the Facebook page for Group in Harmony, where you can get all your updates about this podcast, and you can also get updates about my music blog feeling groupy. There is a post that's coming out. If it hasn't come out yet, it's coming out soon, which at the time of at the time of recording, I haven't released this, but I am going to. And that's a list of t- spreadsheet that has all the Grammy submissions that I know. And there I know a lot. There I know, I think like yeah, I know 2460 of them. And I also know that there's like, I don't know, 100 artists, 90 other artists who I know some had submissions, but don't, I don't, I wasn't able to figure out what those categories were. So, um, if, and I also have a list of ones that didn't have any submissions. I have 26 that didn't have any submissions that I know of. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and then realize that I'm also going to have a more Grammy related post coming out another grammy related post and uh, another and a grammy related podcast episode coming out also make sure you like my uh the facebook page for is baller trademarked yet where uh, which is my basketball blog and you can get all updates about nba wnba that i write about so i wnba finals i did a bunch on that i did observations for each game i also have my nba season predictions for this year so be on the lookout for that i'm planning on doing a post that uh, also does grades, that's grades the James Harden trade. Because while I typically don't do grades for off-season trades, which is why I didn't publish a, a one related to the Damian Lillard trade, I also I am going to do one for the James Harden trade I plan. I'm also going to discuss, there's also a couple other things I want to discuss, including one that is uh, um, related to a topic that I really haven't discussed enough, or at all, I think, in the blog, which is Derrica Hambry's, Derrica Hambry's, excuse me, a- accusations against the Las Vegas Aces, um, and the WNBA, which I think are really important to discuss. There's something that I haven't discussed enough. Um, and then also with feeling groupy, be on the lookout for after the Grammy nominees are announced. I'll have I have a couple other posts that I think will be fun to. Well, I think will be a lot of fun to do that I'm looking forward to. So for today, uh, we're going to be discussing two lists. We're going to discuss um, one that came out a little more recently, which was uh, Rolling Stone's top 250 guitarists. I'm only going to focus on the top 10, though, because 250 is a lot. And then I'm also going to discuss the XX, XXL's freshman class, which I've long promised to discuss, but kept pushing off for a variety of reasons so uh but even before we do that um i had also uh i kept pushing off uh some uh some deaths within music so uh in the last few months i a few that i hadn't discussed that i wanted to um Jimmy Buffett passed away at the age of seventy-six. Um, he 
was really important to a I don't necessarily want to say a certain demographic even because it was more than just a demographic kind of thing. Um, I know growing up where I did in Connecticut, uh, he was massive in the town that I was in for sure, but in Connecticut as a whole, uh, he was pretty big. And I think that there are just a lot of situations that there's people that loved him that was like he just him just taking this largely laid back kind of approach to everything um and i and i think that is kind of that's kind of fun because i mean realistically i mean like i know especially i mean especially in his case like i mean for music as a whole i mean a lot of people do take it take music so seriously i know for me i while i love music i mean i do and even while like reviewing albums and stuff like that i mean realistically i mean when doing the podcast i try not to take it seriously because i mean it is just music and i felt like that jimmy buffett really did have that same kind of mindset and i really did respect that um also uh steve harwell who was the lead vocalist of smash mouth he he passed away at the age of 56 um he he, i i think that from the age that like the age that i was at um, which, uh, I feel like if you're a kid in, like, the 90s or 2000s, which I was born in 94, so I was right around that age group, um, Smash Mouth, they really were, they really were big as, uh, in that time span, and they really, I think it was mid-90s, yeah, 97, Walking on the Sun was, was when Walking on the Sun was released, um, and, they had a, they had like bunch of hits, um, and I mean they had multiple songs in Shrek, for instance, and I think that that they really were just uh one of those bands that uh really was a definitive part of like a nine like a late nineties early two thousands uh kids kind of childhood. And, uh, the last, um, one other individual who I wanted, excuse me, um, one other individual who I wanted to discuss, well, not, uh, he didn't pass away, but, um, thankfully he didn't, but Sufjan Stevens, he, uh, actually, um, in the last month or two, two yeah it was last month or excuse me two months it was in september uh he uh um sufian stevens had uh said that he has uh uh uh, gillian gillian barry syndrome i might mispronounce that but uh and uh he is going through a lot of rehabilitation with learning to relearning to walk um from it and actually uh since then uh he uh and actually since then he also released his uh no uh his newest album javelin which was an amazing and beautiful album which uh was dedicated to his partner who had passed away in april so i'm uh so i mean i'm 
I've made it no secret in the past. I'm a big Superman Stevens fan. He's one of my favorite artists. I'll probably have him. I'll probably have number two on my list of favorite artists of all time. Um, at some point, because I have introduced recently that I would do a random top five. I'll do my top five at some point. Not today, though, because I have a different top five I want to do. Um, but uh, he, I'm hoping that for his sake that he is able to uh, progress well. And those individuals who I did discuss and set, uh, any others who had passed, because there's a lot that had I just didn't have the chance to discuss. I didn't want to do it, a podcast episode where I discussed all of them, because that would just be so much. Um, rest in peace to all of them. Now, we'll start out with the Rolling Stones' top 250 guitarist. That was released, I think it was last month. And in the past, Rolling Stone, they, because they've done like top whatever guitar lists, or not just guitarist lists, um, but variety for lists. And there's a, typically one thing that I think has been clear with a lot of them is that um, it typically was, I hate bringing race, race, uh, race and gender into it, but it was largely white men who were voting for it. And the results really showed for the most part um i mean with the with the biggest exception there being the fact that consistently the best guitarist of all time was voted as Jimi hendrix which i mean which i mean he considering his importance to the genre especially rock guitar that i feel like if he wasn't then there would be something wrong and everyone realized that but in recent lists, we started to see a shift from that. In particular, um, I know that at one point they had um, Rolling Stones top or their top singers, and you saw a shift away from that. You had um, I don't remember whether it was 2020 or 2021. Rolling Stone had their top albums of all time, and the newest list. And for the first time that they've done that list, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles was not number one, which frankly I'm thrilled that it wasn't because i think it's an immensely overrated album personally and i don't think it's even in the top half of the beatles discography um i could go into more details at a later one about that one um but i know that's there's some people that would hear that and think that's controversial but whatever um but instead number one was what's going on by marvin gay and i think that from that you uh and there are some other lists where you see that like the top at the top of the list there are more artists who are in many cases are black and in other cases are female that are near the top of the list which you usually didn't have that a lot of times usually it was white white men and sometimes white women uh at these in these lists so i think that's an interesting shift and i think that this one we do see some of this in this list as well so I'm just going to go 1 through 10 for this one. I know sometimes it's like, oh, what about 10 through 1? But, I mean, I don't see the point of building up to who's number 1 when it's obviously going to be Jimi Hendrix. So he's number 1. Um, I think that one, I don't want to go too much into depth with his presence on the list because, um, to me, he's a no-brainer just with a, in a lot of ways. I mean, he did a lot of development with guitar that uh with the guitar that 
um, really can't be overstated just how important it was. Um, I think that he was, I mean, he, he was absolutely the first, uh, I mean, he was, I would consider him the first guitar god, um, although the, our, the individual who's number two might have an argument about that. Um, he was really influential uh, with, uh, he really just expanded the electric guitar into what, and what it could do, and what rock could do. Um, and, uh, and really with his style was really important in, um, uh, in like not only expanding many genres, but also like the, the development of like hard rock and metal, um, as well as expanding, uh, what like R&B, soul, funk could be, as well as like even like folk music, expand what that could be. Um, and also has influ uh, had some influence in uh, 60s progressive rock into the how that could pair into a, a variety of different genres. And and also just blues. He uh, was important with that, but uh, was uh, and with a lot of he was important with also like a lot of the technique also with like a the with feedback what you could do with an amp uh the wah wah pedal um a um a variety of like uh of like chord techniques also he had, uh but I mean I know I said I didn't want to go back too much into proceeded to but also he I mean really also he it was important with uh, the development of the lefty guitar because he was a lefty so um he really just totally changed that uh uh and like he ba basically just developed the guitar so that he could play it lefty um number two is chuck berry and he's one that i've in the past like there have been let's see he's not in the top 10 i've always felt like that i i've always felt like he should be in the top i've always felt like he should be near the top in fact i when I was younger, I was wondering if he could, if he could even dethrone Jimi Hendrix. So now I think that just with the importance of Jimi Hendrix and the advancement of a lot of genres, I think that we really, that's really, really can't be said. But, uh, but I mean, I think that just with uh, his development of what, of what the rock guitar could be, especially with the, uh, um, with really turn I think he was really the most important in turning uh like the rhythm rhythm and blues of like the forties and fifties in particular. Um, which differs from uh R and B, especially like con contemporary R and B. Um, really changing that from like a jazz and blues kind of mindset into more of a rock kind of mindset. Um, and I mean he really was immensely influential in uh what the guitar style could be in that regard the ne uh, the next individual is jimmy page so jim page the guitarist of led zeppelin uh really 
important, uh, important guitarist, especially with the, the development of hard rock and metal, but really he also really did a lot with, the um, with, uh, with tunings, uh, how, how solos worked for it and really was just immensely influential um on a lot of guitarists and also was one was one heck of a um was one heck of a riff creator as well um and i'm just gonna run through the rest of these a little bit quicker just because i don't want this to be too long too long of an episode um fourth was eddie van halen um and it's funny because i mean with the band van halen i've always questioned what their influence as a whole was other than just having hilarious contract uh, like writers for um, content uh in um concerts excuse me but in uh but really i mean he really was uh one heck of a guitarist um and really popularized a lot of technical abilities with especially the tapping technique i really would credit that back to him i he and i mean that made it so that he could play a lot of things really fast and do the two-handed guitar style which uh i mean <laughs> yeah that's I mean, I, my view it's like what more can be said related to that with just even that alone but i mean really he was influential in hard rock in metal music and rock as a whole but especially those genres um fifth is jeff beck i i have long felt like that he was an underrated guitarist even though a lot of people have had him near the top of the guitarist um or the these guitar lists um but i mean really influential guitarist a lot of a lot of different uh styles and genres but I mean, I, th and I think, and like, I mean, also he was important with like, in addition to Hendrix with like, uh, the use of feedback and just, especially with him, distortion used a lot of that. Um, and really was like one of the, I think is one of the more technically advanced guitarists of all time. Um, and I mean, he is someone that often, I feel like often does get forgotten about just because he wasn't the big name that some other guitarists were, especially the four that I mentioned before. But I think that he is a met immensely influential guitarist uh, who deserves to be in the top five at the minimum. Uh, number six, Sister Rosetta Tharp. I was a little bit surprised to see her there, but I, I mean, I'm all in favor of her uh, being on the list, um, especially in the top ten. I'm all in favor of that. I'm. I will say I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I would rank her just because I don't have a top guitarist list of all time off the top of my head. But uh but still, I mean, she was an important uh gospel musician who really was uh um I mean there's a case to be made that she was one of the first rock stars even though rock even though she didn't for, really forte into rock music um i mean rock really came out later in her career but still i um 
her, uh, I mean, her, her playing, I mean, really, she was, I mean, her style allowed uh, blues to be played in an electric guitar, especially with, like, the distortion that she had used on electric guitar, and really was uh, one of the earliest to, in my opinion, one of the earliest to to um with the way that she played the guitar to really be a rock artist. Well, I would say I mean, I would say I'm not sure whether I would say that she was necessarily the first cuz I would say cuz I mean her first album came out in like her first releases were like in the 40s. But still I would say she was among the first because I mean even then she was like still like performing with uh troops and all. But I would say probably Cap Calloway, I would consider him the first rock star, and I would consider Sister Rosetta Tharp to be, as a solo artist, to be the second one, even though she really was uh, the, um, even though she really was uh, not too far behind. Um, now, seventh is Nile Rogers. I did not expect him to be as high as he was. Um, but it's funny because I saw that and I'm like, you know, it's a good point. He really is. And, uh, and an important guitarist. Um, and I mean, it's funny because I usually, because I've like thought of, I think of him so much also as like a, a great, this great songwriter also. And, uh, this, uh, great producer as well. Um. But really, he is one heck of a guitarist as well. Um, really skilled across a variety of genres. Um, and really is... And because that was really important, I mean, and of course, like, uh, he's most known for his, as a performer with his work with Sheik, um, who are big in disco music and funk music. But, I mean, he's also crossed into rock music, crossed in... He's done some work with electronic music as well. Um and R&B music as well, but yeah, he really has, uh, but he really is one heck of a guitarist, even, and it's funny, because I literally think of, I'm like, because I'm sitting there, I'm like, thinking about him, like, yeah, he's this amazing producer, great songwriter, great musician, but I see him on this list of guitarists, I'm like, yeah, that's fair, <laughs> he isn't one heck of a guitarist also, um, number eight is B.B. King, I, um, I would say that he's one of the most important electric guitarists of all time, um, and he was a blues artist who was one of the early rock artists, but, um, even though he was, even a lot of times he would be considered more rock, excuse me, more blues than rock, I think that um the uh there are songs that I think clearly crossed into rock. I think that in particular the thrill is gone is one that is a one that definitely did. But I mean really he did with stylistically he did a lot of things like uh uh using staccato for picking. Um and I mean his solos are just beautiful just with the way that uh the 
split and like with the way his use of vibrato also was really important with that um and he really was a one who i don't think gets enough credit as a technically gifted guitarist as well um number nine is jody mitchell and it's funny because she's another one that like kind of like uh now rogers i hadn't i wasn't thinking of, about her as a guitarist because of how much other things she's amazing at um i've always considered her as like one of the most important folk artists and folk songwriters but she and like also an amazing producer but she really is also an excellent guitarist as well um i think that her importance in uh as a folk guitarist was um really was what really was massive and like also with her with her um inventiveness with tunings also uh really was important in just what what you could do with chords and what you could do uh and what you could do with uh well just what you could do with the guitar as a whole as an inch as an accompaniment accompaniment instrument um and number 10 it's Dwayne Allman um of the Allman brothers he really had a short career and yet was even in that short career it's like yeah that's fair top 10 yeah um really another really important guitarist um I mean he was I mean really the thing that he was best at I mean he there was a lot of things that he was able to do like um he uh I mean like he, like I mean he was a great slide guitar player um but I really think for me the thing that I would say and a great solar but I would say for me when it comes to mind with him really is just his improbability which uh Um, I, I mean, just his, uh, and I mean, with that, it made him like, saw, uh, I mean, made him like easy to jam with, easy to play with, which I mean, also I think really helped him, uh, be a great session musician, but then also with Derek and the Dominoes, um, he, they had a, they had a bunch of, uh, a bunch of big names in there especially alongside with eric clapton who's another legendary guitarist and i mean just with his ability to just go with the flow with a lot of it he was able to jam no he was able to uh to fit in with a lot of musicians no problem and i think also that i think that he while allman brothers wouldn't necessarily uh, well, I mean, all the words aren't necessarily uh, what you think of with a traditional jam band. They still, I mean, they often are so associated with it. And I think that his guitar playing is uh, one of the ones that I would say is what I would think of with jam music guitar style. Um, and now, there's obviously with two, with there being 250, there's a lot, lot of names that are on there. And you might say, well, what about this name? What about this name? Um, I mean, looking at the list, I mean, 
uh, yeah, it's like a lot of the names on there you'd kind of expect. Um, but at the same time, you could see that they do have, uh, with the voters that they have, uh, it's a little bit different. So like, for instance, St. Vincent is 26th. I think that's reasonable, honestly. It definitely having her in the top 30 or 40. Um, and like, but then it's like you also do have like a, um, some other one. I mean, Trey Anastasio is 53. I think he, that's a little bit higher than what he has been in the past. Um, you have like John Mayer at 61st, which on honestly, he's a really skilled guitarist, so I think that's fair. And I might even think it's reasonable to have him in the top 50, though I don't know who we would bump out to put him in. I'd have to think about that. Um, and then also one thing that's interesting is that they have in the past they've done like for instance um like 50 like uh let's say 57 58 if there was like guitarists that were grouped together um in one but in this one they have 57 is uh Thurston Moore and Lee Ronaldo from Sonic Youth both are credited at 57 um one that I'm really happy about actually is a Guitarist, who I think is immensely underrated, Vernon Reed from Living Color is 42nd. I'm thrilled that he's really high because he's an amazing guitarist. Um, Tomarello, one of my ultimate favorite guitarists, is 18th. Um, one that I, and by I mean, especially as you get lower in the top 100, even past the top 100, you really get some interesting ones. Um, Frederick Thorn, Thorndendal from Mashoga is at 141st. I just pulled up a random one, for instance, Ira Kaplan's from Yellow Tangles, 143rd. Um, Marissa Paternoster from Screaming Females is 150. Um, I mean, those ones I just pulled up at a random point in the list. Um, Manu Mokhtar is 90th. He's an amazing guitarist. Um, Poison Ivy from The Cramps is 87th. I mean, these kind of artists, I think, are like ones that probably wouldn't have been on these kind of lists in the past just with the voters that they have. And, but and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be on there, they, but I'm actually glad that they are. Um, I think it's good to have like different viewpoints. And you also have like Kingfish 200th. Oh, Greg Jin from Black Flag is 195th. I'm glad about that. I love Black Flag. Um, he's a really good guitarist. Um, there was one other one that um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, oh yeah, even like one that never would have made it. Um, would have. I know in the past they haven't had like the top. One, uh, they haven't done the top 250 in the past, but uh, uh, Yvette Young from COVID, uh, it's she, they, I mean, she never would have made that list in the past, but at the same time, she's an amazing, amazing guitarist, um, and really skilled musician. So, I that she was 155th, that's what I was trying to come up with, yeah. Um, so I think that's really cool to see, but that said, the one that I do want to mention. I think he's. And I wasn't sure how they rank him. Eric Clapton is ranked 35th. And I think that's another one that I think that's just. As you bring in more people, you. Uh, with that. Um, and different mindsets that aren't like the white man. You. Uh, you do get different opinions with that. But you could also get, uh, you could also get people who will focus on the, on some co recent controversies that they had. And, um, 
because even at the last, I think it was the last list, either the last list or the list before, um, he he was even ranked second. This time he was ranked thirty fifth, and it's I think that it's undeniable his influence on uh, on rock music, uh, and I, I mean he I mean really guitarists all over the place are like practically bow down to him from a historical standpoint, um. But the thing is, he also has uh, had um, a lot of um, uh, more, well, in some situations, even right-wing right political views, but in other ones, even uh, he, his, uh, which then also, I think, has uh, brought back some of his uh, racist views from the 70s to life. Um, I don't know if they've still been like that but even still there's uh some that have come up here and there as well um so i think that probably hurt him there um which i mean i will confess i mean i i mean i do think he's one of the top guitarists of all time i don't think i would have had him in the top five anyways um top 10 i have no idea um but but yeah, I think that one was one that I was curious to see, and I thought that was interesting to see, to see there. Um, and it makes me also wonder how where he'll fare for future lists. Um, and now uh, there, uh, excuse me, um, the. Of, and now the other uh, thing that I want to discuss is the long-awaited and promised XXL's freshman class. They, um, this was announced a while, a few months ago. I kept promising to get to it, um, and something something kept coming up each time so i wasn't able to get to it but now i'm finally able to this one um and this one's interesting because uh they actually have more than uh they than they ever have actually i don't know if it's more than ever last year they might have had a but um but this year oh it looks like they're or last year, I guess, was the first time they had more, but this time it's there's uh, twelve, um, and um, the artists that they have are um, in just in the order that they list them: Finesse Two Times, Lilla Brooke, Rob Forty Nine, Friday, Glorilla, Too Rare, Sleazy World Go, Central Sea, Real Boston Richie. La Tyler, uh, Tia Corrine, and then for the what well, was well, called the tenth spot, uh, this one I guess is the twelfth spot is uh, DC the Dawn, and they also have the producer of the class, which uh, the class which is Pierre Bourne. Um, now wait before I even get into this list, um, 
I do, because typically there's at least one a there's at least one a year who at least actually yeah since 2014 there's been one a year who uh who declined or was unable to do it this year there was one ice spice was that one who schedule wise wasn't able to unable to do it um And so, um, she, what I imagine she would have been because she really has exploded over the last year. Um, now, finesse. So we'll go through each one briefly. Finesse two times. He really, he really exploded over the last. Well, really, it was because I mean, he had had a bunch of mixtapes, uh, in the twenty, during twenty sixteen. But then he was arrested. Uh. Um, he uh, actually he was originally arrested in 2010, but then released in 2016. But then in 2017 was arrested related to uh was related to a shooting, and then was just released in 2022. Um, and had his mixtape 90 Days that hit 57 in the U.S. Um, had the song Back End, which ended up hitting 86. Um. And he also uh, went on a tour with with excuse me with Glorilla as well, who we'll uh, discuss in a little bit. That was like a pretty big tour. Um, and yeah, he really has like become like a starting to become a fairly notable name in in it uh, in the genre, especially with back end be, uh, becoming pretty big on TikTok as well. Um, for Lola Brooke, uh, she, her, she's had a bunch of songs. Most, uh, most known one is Don't Play With It, which, uh, ends up, uh, be, becoming a pretty big hit on, online. Uh, she also had You with Bryson Tiller, who, which was a, uh, which had some popularity as well. Um, then the... Let's see who we have next. Rob forty nine. Uh, he's had a. Uh, yeah, he's released a bunch of. Uh, he's released a bunch of mixtapes. Actually, a bunch of albums rather, and a. Uh, and a bunch of, a lot of singles that have a bunch of really notable, artists that are featured in them. But probably the two songs that he's, that were the most popular ones were actually ones that were features. Um, he first same this past this past year, uh, same side little Dirk song was a uh, was a sizable hit. It uh one one on the top one hundred, which uh, the way they do this, they have their bubbling under, which are twenty five additional songs. So basically, that's just one number one of the bubbling under is one oh one two is one oh two and so on. Um, and then Topia Twins Travis Scott song he was featured on that one along with 21 Savage, and that one hit 17. But yeah, he's he's one that just with the artists that he's fe he's been featured with, uh, or that has that he's performed with some really notable artists, it's it wouldn't surprise me if uh, he uh, um, 
if it if he ends up being pretty big after that. Um, Friday, he uh, this one's interesting because he's a he sings, raps, and produces. So he um, he's like produced a a few songs for a bunch of different tracks. Um, and he had uh his EP that was released late last year, Lost in Melody, but most he's most known for um little baby single forever and the grammy nominated dj Khaled single god did um then uh some let's see glorilla um she really exploded over the last uh year two years probably year but uh um but yeah came to really became popular with fnf let's go uh and then also had tomorrow which ended up being a smash hit especially with the cardi b remix um song with uh with on what on what you on uh with uh money bag yo also was pretty big and they also had she also had a uh, success with some other singles including blessed uh internaturals and not quick um uh, and then she was featured in uh, both of uh, CMC the labels uh, for uh, gangsta art co- compilations, especially the first one was uh, was found a lot of success, uh, which um, uh, and uh, CMG a uh, collective music CMG that one's uh, Yogati's uh, label, and then her second album anyway life been actually excuse me second ep rather anyways life been great was also a really big hit that was released late last year um too rare he's uh uh so he's a little bit more uh more underground than some of the other ones uh um but he is another artist who has been uh he has another one from uh who's been rising uh he had some uh, a bunch of underground success especially with big Drippo and uh and then cupid ends up being a really big hit on uh the, the on streaming especially tiktok um and he's been featured with a bunch of other artists who are notable including uh drake will dirk uh Annalie choppa and yeah, I mean a lot. I mean, because I know some people would look at that and say, "Well, why is he on there?" Because he doesn't have the big hits that some of the other artists on there does. Usually, they have they have a mix of artists who have big hits and artists who maybe they have some songs that went viral but are not as but are like not like as household names as the other one or rising household names. But still, he is another. He is an artist who is is rising. Um, and then next up, Sleazy World Go, uh, most popular song is Sleazy Flow, which was his big breakout hit. Um, he also had Step One, which also, uh, uh, which was with Offset that had, uh, that had some success as well. Um, his debut mixtape, Where the Shooters Be, also charted, and, uh, 
um, yeah, I mean, he he's released a bunch of other singles too, um, and he was I for the I Heart Radio Music Awards. He was nominated for uh, Best New Hip Hop Artist, and um, I don't know off. I'm trying to pull up that list so I can see who won it. Um, okay, yeah, it ended up being. Glorilla and Lotto, but I mean, the other artists on their nominees on there were Beloved and Nardo Wick, which I mean, honestly, seeing all those, it, I, I mean, I feel like he fits there with the other ones at the minimum. Um, cent- next up, Central C. Uh, Central C. This is interesting because he, uh, he's a he's a British rapper, and usually it's American rappers that are on here, but and usually British rappers don't have the same crossover success. Well, and even still, you have like some that have had some, like uh, off the top of my head, Stormzy and Dave have had some success, but nowhere near the, um, nowhere near the level of, uh, that they did in Europe and the UK in particular. But, um, I, I mean, split decision with Dave an EP that one had some success in the US but he's had a bunch of singles that have like gone viral and like have had success and some of the success in the US Doja was this cross was his uh breakthrough one in the US but then also after that Sprinter with Dave but then also he had um Too Much which was the Killeroy and uh Jungkook but then also uh On the Raider Freestyle with Drake those ones all have had success and uh, he's, um, well, I don't think he'll be as big in the U.S. as he is with, uh, with, in the U.K. Even still, his, uh, um, I think that he has, uh, I think he could be a big cross, like, art British rapper who could cross over to the U.S., and I think he has cited a lot of U.S. rappers as major influences. Uh, I know he himself has said, um, like Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, um, and Jay-Z, and even uh, uh, Young Boy Never Broke Again, again he's cited as influences. So that could be uh, that could be really interesting to see in that regard. Um, next up, Real Boston Richie. Uh, he, uh, so I mean, his debut album was released just back in September, uh, Welcome to Bubba Land, which hit 94 in the U.S., but then he, uh, his public housing mixtapes were also uh really were big breakthrough releases for him in particular uh with uh uh his second one which ended up hitting the top 40 in the u.s um and he has also had some uh, some singles that have had success uh including keep dissing too which had Lil dark on it um, and keep dissing as well, but then also Bullseye uh, too, which had Future on it. Um, the next we have a few more to discuss. Uh, La Tyler, um, his um, debut album was released in March. It was it had a lot of success, but then also he had um, popularity with uh, uh, with Law and Order, which ended up going viral on TikTok. Um, 
and uh, he also released Florida Water, which featured a uh, ski mask the slump god. And the next artist, uh, Tia Corrine, um, she's she released a couple albums in the last uh, and a couple EPs in the last couple years, but uh, she had success with Lotto and Freaky T, um, especially with uh, Freaky T ends up getting uh going viral on TikTok and also got a remix that had a lotto on it. Um and uh the last of the artists on here um are that uh, are, uh is um DC the Dawn. They what they do typically is they have the previously the tenth spot. Now it's I guess this year's the twelfth spot. They had it open to a vote usually. Um so um the uh so like for instance some of the past ones include uh twenty four K Golden, last year Baby Tron, um Blueface, Iggy Azalea, um but yeah, the uh I guess a couple of years ago it was DDG. Um, I didn't even remember that, uh, that he was on the list, to tell you the truth, but then again, looking at the list, I'd forgotten about who was on that list a few years, a couple of years ago. Um, this year's DC The Dawn, um, he, uh, he had a few albums that he, his debut album was in 2020, but then he's had a few other albums since then. He has gotten a lot of attention in, like, the on the online music scene, um, with, uh, especially in, like, the online emo rap kind of, uh, kind of sound, which is why, big part of why he was, uh, um, which is a big part of why he was able to, uh, to get, win the 12th spot. Um, he had, a uh, a few singles, uh, that were notable, Notice Me, um, what now? Um, Graham Freestyle was one of his earlier ones. Um, and also, actually, everything 1K was actually his, uh, uh, was another really notable one. Um, uh, appeared in the song Quick Stop, uh, Quick Scope, um, which was with Young Chris. It, uh, had the single PS. It had some. Uh, other songs that were pretty notable uh, online as well, and then Pure Born, Pure Born is uh was the producer on there, which is interesting because he's also a rapper. Um and um I he has produced a bunch of notable singles and songs. I've always thought of him more as a rapper than a sing than a than a producer, which is interesting that he was voted on here. Um. And I think it's interesting to have him now since he has been producing songs, like producing hits since 2017. Like, Woke Up Like This um, by Playboy Cardi was uh, his first charting single in 2017, but even then he had his first top 40 charting single with uh, also Playboy Cardi. Magnolia produced Gummo, uh, Watch, Bad Boy, all of which. Um, on God, uses gospel, and even like his first top ten producing one was Pain 1993. 
So I think it's interesting that he's doing he was chosen now. And it's also on top of that, his highest charting album was The Life of Pierre Five, which was released in twenty twenty one. So I think it's interesting that he's here now. But um but hey. Uh <laughs> so congratulations to all those artists who um who made the list. Um and now since we're at time and um <laughs> um and I my fiance and dog just got home so I I definitely wanna go spend some time with them but I will just do a last the last thing I'll do is my top five top five list. And in the spirit of hip hop, what I'm going to be doing is for the top five list is top five hip hop groups. And I want to differentiate it from uh, top five hip hop artists because a lot of times the hip hop solo artists have uh, gotten a lot of attention. Whereas, especially early on, hip hop groups were really what paved the way for a lot of modern hip hop. So, um, and this one, I didn't put a ton of thought into any of these lists uh, that I do. Um, as if you're a Levitar show fan, I'll call it an OLI outside looking in. Um, there's a bunch you can mention. Uh, you can mention Eric B and Rakim. Uh, Grandmaster Flash Furious 5 is probably the one I'd have at number 6. Um, Outcast. Uh, um, why am I spit? Sugar Hill Gang was who I was trying to come up with. Salt and Peppa. Um, even even like looking at how important they were in a if it's modern hip hop, Migos might be might be cra cracking that list in a few years even. Um, but my top five, number five, is uh, De La Soul. Their importance in alternative hip hop cannot be overstated, and really they were a massive in uh, alternative hip hop, psychedelic hip hop, and um, are one of the groups that I think of when I think of alternative hip hop. Number four, a tribe called Quest. That's the group. That's the. I think they're the most important alternative hip hop group of all time. Um, really, massively, massively important. Really influential. Also with the uh, jazz rap as well. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Really important group. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't. I'm. I, I've kind of made it clear in the past that I really like their music, so I can't say enough uh, about them. Um, number two, or number three, um, I you probably noticed that I did stall a little bit there because I was having a brain fart about uh, who my top because I because what happened was I accidentally had my number two listed at two and three, and then I'm like, wait, who am I leaving off? Because I've had panic for a little bit. I will say, one, two, and three, in my opinion, are really close. I know a lot of people would say that would think that there's number a clear number one, and then two and three. Probably even they would who I have number three. They would probably think should be high or three or number two, but number three, Public Enemy, really important in political hip hop, hip hop as a whole, and I think they were one of the two that are most important in transitioning hip hop from old school hip hop to modern hip hop. Number two. This one will be controversial if they're not number one. 
but run DMC. Um, I, and I, uh, I think that, that, yeah, they were immense. They are an immensely influential group. Um, and I mean, it's, they're really, especially also with their importance in bringing the genre to the mainstream, but really also they were one of the first groups to really start the transition from, uh, the old school hip hop to the modern hip hop. And I, and that's that having them at number two is not a knock on, uh, not a knock on their uh on them it's more so praise for who is number one which i would have nwa number one i think that really i would honestly consider the the most important hip-hop group of all time also which might sound crazy but i think their importance in gangster rap which really influenced uh, all sorts of rap that came about um really massively important in mod in modern hip-hop um as well and really i i believe we're the most important in bridging the gap from old school hip-hop to modern hip-hop and honestly i just think in addition to like making uh california la area but especially compton a hotbed for hip-hop but um really i think are the most important in terms of making modern hip-hop what it is i know that's a controversial that'll be a controversial choice because of the fact that they've really that they had two albums with one of them being good <laughs> or one of them being amazing the other one being just solid but still dread compton is one of the single most important rap albums of all time all right and that's the list and that's this episode Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to like the Facebook page for Group in Harmony. Excuse me, Group in Harmony, as well as the Facebook page for Isabella Trademarked yet. Uh, check out Isabella Trademarked it and uh, Feeling Groupy. And uh, for the next episode, uh, the next episode we'll be discussing my Grammy predictions. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.